Well, praise the Lord. Good to see your smiling faces this morning. Welcome to those who are on Zoom or watching this later online. So good to have you with us. Go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs this morning. We're going to be in chapter 6 as we continue our study in the book of Proverbs. And as you're turning, a uh, little story for you this morning. One day, years ago, when our son Tim was about six, we uh, took a jaunt to Walmart, or Wally World as we like to call it, shopping. And uh, way back then, when you would walk in the door, uh, they would have a whole wall full of gumball-type machines, if you remember that. The whole wall was covered with them, right? And they had everything from gum to candy to bouncy balls to lick and stick tattoos. I mean, you name it, it was there, right? And I watched as we walked in, two things happened. First of all, my son got eyes as big as saucers, right? Six-year-old looking at all this cool stuff. And number two, I watched the quarter that he had uh, burn a hole in his pocket. Anybody know where we're going with that, right? Um, and, and, and yeah, you could actually buy something for a quarter back then. Really, really neat. Um, but so he starts eyeing all these machines and, and, and you could see him. He begins to zero in, right? He finds something that he wants. He says, Dad, can I get that? And uh, I walked over to the machine and I said, wow, oh, man, Tim, that's, that, that looks really cool. Um, but look a little bit closer. Let's look in this machine. Do you see all those, you know, plastic bubble things? Do you see what's in them, right? And do you see what's, what else is pictured on the front here? Uh, even if there was one of those things that you wanted still left in here, the majority of it is this cheap plastic junk. And if you, if you do that, I, I can just about guarantee you that you're going to have something that's going to be broken before you leave the store. Not worth it. But Dad... Can I try? I said, hey, it's your quarter, right? Sure enough, my words turned out to be prophetic. <laughs> he did get some little cheap plastic thing that was broken before we left the store, um, whatever it was. But Tim learned a valuable lesson that day. Uh, he, he really took that thing to heart because by the time he was 13 years old, he had saved uh, from Christmas, birthday, etc., had saved up to buy himself a Wii console and uh, bought it with his own money. He was proud of that thing, took really, really good care of it. And by a couple of years later, he wanted an Xbox and he had taken such good care of the Wii that he was able to get a good price for it and trade up to the Xbox and he was, he was absolutely thrilled. The, the, the point is this, um, good financial stewardship is an important part of life, isn't it? Uh, helps us to make the most out of what we have and uh, avoid the pitfalls that lead to debt and a lot of other problems. And this is one of the neat things, I think, uh, in this book of Proverbs and, and why I've entitled this series, Living Your Best Life. Because contrary to what some people believe, God and the church is not all about we want your money. Okay? Um, a church that teaches the whole Bible uh, is, is actually going to be helping people not only to receive the blessings and the provision that God has promised to his people, but manage it well. Manage it well. Okay? 
That's what God wants for us. So um, Proverbs has a lot of solid advice about finances. Some of it is here in chapter 6. So let's look at it this morning. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. He says this, My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor or have given your pledge for a stranger, you are, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Again, we find here in Proverbs, the tone is as a wise, experienced father giving advice to his children, right? Uh, now, that what we have here concerns a verbal agreement entered into along with or on behalf of a neighbor, okay? Um, if you remember, we've talked about the word neighbor before. Biblically speaking, a neighbor can be a next-door neighbor. It can be a neighbor down the street. It can be a good friend. It can be a casual friend, even a relative. Okay, uh, So neighbor is kind of a broad, a broad term. Um, so let me, let me give you some examples of, of what I believe the Bible is talking about here. Let's say that you agree to go in halves with your next-door neighbor on getting some uh, snow plowing services this year, okay? And the, and the guy gives you a break because you got two houses right next door. He says, I'll do them for this. So you, you get this contract together and you and your neighbor go in halves on it, right? Um, or here's another one. Um, maybe a friend or a relative asks you to co-sign on a loan because you have really good credit and theirs is, eh, right? So they ask you to co-sign on a loan. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. And, and, and this wise father says this. He says, if you've done this, if you're caught in the words of your mouth, go back and get out of it as quickly as you can. Plead with them. Hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, just, I spoke up too soon. I really can't do this right now. I'm sorry. Can you please let me out of this? Right? So why does this experienced father say that? Well, because statistically speaking, by a wide margin, doing these things heads us into trouble. Okay? If the other person can't pay for some reason, or just doesn't feel like paying for one reason or another, we're, we're on the hook for the whole thing. Right? Uh, you're, you're in essence, as our text says, putting yourself in your neighbor's hand. You're, you're putting your financial future uh, your financial well-being in the hands of somebody else, and maybe they want to pay this week, and maybe they don't, right? So you can be in for a lot of trouble. Not only that, but good relationships, good, solid relationships can go bad when there's money involved. Anybody ever? No, no hands. I'm sure you've, you've seen that in your life, right? Skip was talking about funerals. Oh, my goodness. The things that I've seen when when somebody dies and there's stuff to be had and the bickering starts and families that you know it, it's money is is a tough thing. Not long ago, I watched an old episode of Adam Twelve. Remember Adam Twelve, um, cop show. Two neighbors 
were good friends. Uh, many, many years, good friends lived next door, and they decided to go in together on a boat. And then they were going to share. <laughs> yeah, I hear the oohs and ahs. They decided they would share it on alternate weekends. Well, then, and this is supposed to be based on a true story, right? Um, so they got, they got arguing. Well, you, you know, this was supposed to be my weekend. Well, I was sick last weekend, and this, that, and the other thing. And I can't get to it because it's locked in your garage, right? All these kind of arguments to the point where the police had to be called a number of times on the situation. And it got so violent, um, ultimately it ended up with someone in jail over the whole thing, right? Of course, the wives were just, ah, this is my, you know, these were our friends and all that kind of thing. Bad, bad, bad news. Now again, Proverbs, when we look at the book of Proverbs, these are not guarantees, okay? Sometimes it could work, but generally speaking, right? We can make the statement, don't put yourself financially dependent on another person. Okay? You never know what they're going to do. Unless you are totally prepared to either lose your investment or pay the whole shot yourself. Okay? If you're not prepared to do that, don't do it. It's bad news. Okay? Um, the next section in this sound financial advice from Proverbs begins at verse 6. It says this, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. A sluggard, we don't usually use that term too much anymore, is someone that, that leans towards laziness. Okay? Someone who possesses the physical, mental, and emotional capabilities to work, but just doesn't feel like it. Just as would rather have other people take care of them, and I don't have to do it, right? You know, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, right? We talk about the Garden of Eden. It was lush. It was lavish, right? They had everything they, they could possibly need given to them. But do you remember what happened when God put them in the garden? He gave them a job, didn't he? To tend that garden. There is something, I believe, built into us as human beings uh, from our Creator that, that tends toward work. The, the, the satisfaction of a job well done. We, we, we like to have uh, the feeling that we've accomplished something, don't we? Um, creating something, building something, impacting something. Uh, you know, when, when people for some physical or other condition are not able to do that, they're often depressed, aren't they? Because again, there's something in us that, 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 that lends itself to, I, I, I need to do something, build something, create something, impact something. Uh, but a sluggard, on the other hand, is someone who's just plain lazy. Okay? Uh, they can do it, but they don't want to, and they invent excuses. You see this in, in the proverb. I don't feel good. I need to lay down, right? When they're fine, 
but they're just, you know, uh, playing it up. And the Bible says to the sluggard, consider the ant. Consider the ant. I mean, here's this tiny little insignificant creature, we might think, right? Consider the ant, um, who turns out is not so insignificant after all in the grand scheme of things, because the ant shows more character than some people. Right? That's what we see here. The ant shows more character than some people. Look at it, verse 7. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer. If an ant had a resume, it would say self-starter. Right? The ant doesn't need somebody to say, get out of bed, go to work, or taking a little too long on your coffee break, you need to get back to work. No, the ant knows what to do, gets to work, does it on their own, right? They're self-motivated. Not only that, verse 8, she gathers her food in harvest. An ant, a tiny little insignificant ant, knows enough to put aside food for the winter. Now this, I believe, has implications not, not, I'm not calling us all sluggards today. I think this does have implications and applications for all of us. We did a, um, a character study in men's group a few weeks back. Thank you, Matt. Um, good study. And it had to do with discipline. It had to do with discipline. One of the areas of discipline had to do with sacrificing what might bring instant gratification today for the bigger picture, for the longer term, right? Um, again, this can apply to many areas of life, relationships, right? Diet and exercise, things like that. But it's also definitely key in the financial area, uh, putting savings aside rather than what I used to do with my paycheck um, uh, when I was younger, you know, it's, it's Friday, I got paid, and by Monday it's gone, you know. <laughs> Paycheck! Money! Time to spend, right? So putting aside savings, not letting that paycheck burn a hole in your pocket like my, my son's allowance, which, by the way, he earned by doing chores, so that was a good thing. But planning ahead versus I have it and I spend it. Uh, which leaves me in trouble when there's car repairs or the washing machine breaks down or whatever. Um, verse 11 says, And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Okay? When we don't set aside for the future, when we're uh, lazy or whatever, um, we need to be those uh, people with sound, wise financial principles, right? Self-motivated, putting away for the longer term. I remember years ago in a church that we were a part of, we ended up building a beautiful, beautiful uh, new church building without borrowing a penny, uh, doing a lot of the work ourselves. We had a, a construction manager, a professional construction manager in the church, and he would do things like, good job, but it's not plumb. Rip it down and do it again. <laughs> when it was done, it was 
I mean, it was, it was very, very, very good. Um, and it was a great outreach to men. Oh, my goodness. Um, one of the best men, men's ministry things we ever did because um, we, we baptized three or four guys that never would have darkened the door to a church. But they could swing a hammer. And he said, oh, this, this is good. So they got to hang around a bunch of Christian guys who, guess what, weren't all that weird after all. Right and friendships were built and and the Lord was explained and and uh, yeah it was it was a pretty cool thing, but in building the building fund, uh, we were also challenged in regards to disposable income. Uh, many people uh, I remember found found it really amazing just how much money was spent on things like Starbucks, you know, versus. Yeah, I suppose we can make coffee at home, right? Or that bag of chips, that bag of candy, that, uh, you know, whatever, uh, on the way home, people looked at and, and they were challenged to total that up at the end of the month. And it's like, wow, we're spending this amount of money really on nothing, right? So uh, what they ended up doing, choosing instead to invest that money into something lasting, like their spiritual lives, or the spiritual lives of other people, right? As we put it into this, this building and, and all that went into that. And I'm sure some to this day are still putting those funds into more important things for themselves, for the family, missions, whatever, right? So Proverbs um, says, consider the ways of the ant and be wise. Be self-motivated. Enjoy the fruit of your labors, the satisfaction of a job well done. And don't just look to today. Don't just look to today. Look long-term. You know, yes, I can blow this here and, and this would be fun, but is there something that we really need more? There's something we really need to save for and get that would make life a whole lot better or whatever. Um, is there a need that, you know, I, I can do this, but is there a need that somebody else has that maybe I can bless them? Things like that, right? Invest in the future for your financial well-being. Invest in the future for your physical well-being. What choices are we making in the foods we eat, et cetera, et cetera, right? What do, where, where do we want to be when we're 80, right, 90 years old in terms of our health? Um, Looking out for the future. Uh, our spiritual well-being, you know, the choices we make. Uh, we kind of talked about that a couple of weeks ago. TV, or maybe make, can spend some more time in the Word and uh, get that spiritual uh, infilling. Uh, investing in a marriage. Um, how, how, how many married people know you don't just coast in a marriage? Right? Kind of like your relationship with the Lord. If you're not moving forward, you're backsliding, right? Uh, you, we have to constantly sow into our relationships or they begin to, right? So consider the ant, that little bitty thing, right? And how she handles things. And don't, as we've said, um, put your financial future in the hands of another person who may or may not keep their end of the bargain. Just good, solid advice from the book of Proverbs today. Because part of God's blessing and favor on his kids is to give us practical wisdom. 
for everyday life. Do this. Don't do this. Why? Because I want you to obey me because I'm God. No, because I love you, right? And I want you to have your best life. I want to see you thrive. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you be in such a place where you then can have a positive impact on the world around you. Let them know that I'm here for them too. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this book of wisdom. We thank you for these principles, Lord, that you give to us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who can guide us in the decisions that we make. Help us, Lord, to be strong and uh, to do those things which are going to be a blessing to us and to others. Thank you, Lord, most of all, for Jesus who made it all possible, who died for our sins, that we could be reconciled in a relationship with you, to know you, to enjoy that relationship, and not only to be blessed by it, but to become those who are a channel of your love and grace to the world around us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and faithfulness to us. We bless you in Jesus' name. All God's family said, amen and amen.